0: This is Matt Wells at UN News. A new low in the war in Ukraine has made headlines around the world this week with the discovery that hundreds of civilians have been killed in the city of Bucha in areas previously controlled by Russian troops. Early testimonies from survivors indicate that the victims were directly targeted and killed, according to the UN Rights Office, OHCHR, responding to claims from Russia that the incident's nothing more than fake news. Here's spokesperson Liz Throssell talking to UN News' Daniel Johnson.
1: It is indeed very important that uh, UN leaders and others are calling for investigations. This is something that indeed the High Commissioner has highlighted. What we have seen emerging from places like Bucha are serious concerns about possible war crimes, grave breaches of international humanitarian law and human rights law. So I think in order to ensure accountability, in order to pursue truth and justice, it is really and clearly important that there be investigations into what happened in Bucha and, of course, in other locations.
0: Now, you've indicated that the events at Bucha, just outside Kiev, mark a turning point in the case for war crimes. What do you mean by that exactly?
1: The pictures, the footage that have emerged from Bucha are truly horrific and I think have shocked so many. Indeed, the High Commissioner herself spoke about how horrifying these images were. We're talking about possible war crimes. Now, what is interesting is that the High Commissioner last week spoke about possible war crimes committed both by Russian and Ukrainian forces. Now, that was in the context of heavy bombardment of urban areas, the destruction of civilian houses, buildings, schools, hospitals. Those may be possible war crimes. But of course, these could be taking place in a military context. What we've seen in Bucha is, of course, dead bodies in the street people with their hands tied behind their back. We've seen bodies of partially clothed women that have been burned. Now, these images are so shocking and so disturbing that they do strongly suggest that um, these people, these civilians, were directly targeted and were directly killed. Now, of course, work needs to be done to establish if a specific incident was a war crime. But what is clear is that under international law, the deliberate killing of civilians is a war crime.
0: So you have a human rights team in Ukraine, in Kiev, I understand, in the capital. What are their plans to get to Bucha to see for themselves and to start the really forensic process that's involved in, in saying whether there has been a war crime?
1: Indeed, we have a presence in Ukraine that has, in fact been there since 2014 based in the capital Kyiv but also in other locations in the country. As of now, the majority of the team are based in the far west of the country in a place called Uzgorod. They have a team of of some 37 human rights officers based there. Now, what colleagues are aiming to do is to get to locations like Bucha to see for themselves what may have happened. And also importantly and crucially, talk to victims and talk to witnesses. This is crucial human rights work to get first-hand information to help establish what may have happened. It's painstaking work, of course, and it is work that needs to be conducted very carefully because the cardinal principle of human rights work, of course, is to do no harm, is to avoid re-traumatizing people. And clearly they are likely to be speaking to people who have either suffered or witnessed unimaginable sites so colleagues are looking to get there as soon as feasible we think it is very important that information is gathered and collected as part of our overall work monitoring and corroborating civilian casualties but as one colleague said to me it's not just about counting the numbers it's not about counting figures every single number is a human being is an individual and it is important that what happened to them where how is recorded. And this forms part of a wider effort by the UN of course, by the international community, maybe by national courts, to pursue accountability in the courts for the perpetrators of these horrors.
0: I suppose what you've just said there will be of some reassurance to victims' families, but horrifying for them to have to digest the fact that, as you said, The victims appear to have been targeted by those who killed them. And this is in an area which has only recently left by Russian forces. What do you say, though, to the Russian government official claim that this is all faked?
1: Well, I think that the first response is the main thing here is, of course, that there's investigations into what happened. But what we've also seen, of course, is multiple media reports emerging from Butcher and other areas, with journalists cataloguing, describing what has happened. This underscores the important role that journalists play in bringing information to light. It is important that there is accountability. It's important that there are investigations, and all steps need to be taken to identify the the perpetrators of these crimes. So, first of all, There needs to be investigations, but also we have seen so many different images and footage emerging from places like Butcher that is so, so concerning. And as I said, the brutality of what happened to these bodies is so concerning that it really, really does raise concerns that people were targeted. And as I said, under international law, the direct targeting and killing of civilians is a war crime.
0: Thank you, Liz. Can you just explain to listeners and to me where the Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights work Fits into the international justice system because people have this impression that the wheels of international justice turn very slowly.
1: Of course, there are many bodies. We are the UN Human Rights Office, and the work we do is varied. But a principal part of that, of course, is is the monitoring of civilian casualties, and that's important to stress. We only count uh, in our civilian casualty figures those civilians who were killed in hostilities. Now, there may have been other deaths. There may have been deaths of combatants. And there may have been deaths of people who died of natural causes. If I may. Frame it that way. The work that we do, the information that we gather, is part of a wider effort. Of course, as you say, there is the Human Rights Council that has recently appointed the Commission of Inquiry on Ukraine, that is going to also play a very important role in gathering evidence and producing reports and pursuing accountability. We have the other courts, the International Court of Justice and, of course, the International Criminal Court that has already opened investigations into possible war crimes. We have formal agreements with bodies such as as the ICC. We also work with national courts and prosecutors. So there is a well-established framework. And, of course, we are ready to apply our processes should it be so required, because however horrifying, however disturbing what is happening in Ukraine is, We have seen this kind of incident before in other parts of the world.
0: And just to talk about the other parts of the world, some commentators are saying that there's a growing weariness with the way that the war in Ukraine is dominating the headlines because, as you've just said, there are so many other crises elsewhere. What would you say to them?
1: We have a worldwide mandate and the High Commissioner and her her staff monitor human rights abuses and violations around the world, speak up for victims around the world. And it is obvious and it is clear and should never be forgotten that there are crises in other parts of the world One can think of the long running conflict in Syria Mm. that captured the media's attention in the early 2011 to maybe 2014 and has to some degree fallen out of the headlines. You can think of Tigray, which was also in the headlines where there was so much violence and civilian suffering and that has also fallen out of the headlines to a large degree in, in Western based media. You can think about Yemen which is almost the epitome of civilian suffering, where people are suffering not only conflict, but drought and food insecurity. I think it is part of our role, and of course of the wider UN, to make sure that such crises are not forgotten. And one of the challenges, particularly for our colleagues in the humanitarian sector, is to ensure that the funds necessary so they can do their work continue to come in. And I know that that one colleague from the refugee agency has said precisely because of the demands on them, they're having to move people from one emergency to another. And of course, the ideal would be, first of all, that there are no such emergencies. But of course, there are. We have to be realistic. We live in the real world. So that, of course, that the UN really strives not to just focus on one part of the world, but to ensure that conflicts and suffering in all parts of the world are addressed. And I think the message from the Human Rights Office and from the High Commissioner is that at its very heart, at its very fundament, is respect for human rights, because without respect for human rights, conflict, violence and suffering will continue. And that may sound rather idealistic, but it is something that we continue to work for and strive for.